Good word, Diamond Dave. Happy Friday to you. Well, happy Goddess Day. It's Fia's Day. That's right. We have Moon Moon Day. Tuesday, I don't know. What is Tuesday? Wednesday is Woden's Day. Thursday is Thor with his hammer. I think it's Marvel Comics. Thor, Thor's Day. But Friday, Saturday, Saturn's Day. But Friday is the Goddess Day, Fria. So hey, you folks out there, don't, don't say, thank God it's Friday. Say, say thank God it's Thank Goddess, it's Freya's Day. All right, and happy happy Freya's Day to everyone out there. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm. I'm Global Val, sitting here with Diamond Dave, and it is Friday, April... Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, it's Friday, April 26th, 2019. Beautiful. So, Diamond Dave and I were sitting here reflecting on um, the Earth Day celebration we had last weekend. And the Earth itself. It's say every day is Earth Day. And, I, and it's uh, that every other... It used to be every Friday, but now every other Friday, we've gone through a lot of weather here, looking out the windows, you know? Rain! So, winter in San Francisco, winter in the flower shop, but now every day has been beautiful. And this is another beautiful day. So, with, if you're within the sound of our voice, uh, geographically, by foot or by whatever, if you'd like to come down, the door is open, our arms are open, and whatever it is you want to bring, like we said, say it's a rainbow gathering. If everybody brings what they have to bring, nobody goes without. In fact, you have an interview with uh, George Seaman, who came here especially for Earth Day. George Seaman is the CAO, is the CAO of Organic Valley, who uh, supports us. Isn't that right, uh, Val? That's right, yeah. Organic Sports Valley's been sponsoring the Common Thread Collective for a couple of years now. And been sponsoring me for a couple of years in terms of uh, what I need and uh, getting me to the Rainbow Gathering or whatever. I said, why do you do this, George? He said, because there wouldn't be a Rainbow Gathering without you. And the gathering is this year is going to be in Minnesota. If you'd like to know more, go online. It's a Rainbow Gathering, Rainbow Family, and you'll get a lot of the philosophy of a free gathering where we're working on the basis that if everybody brings what they have to bring, nobody goes without. So we're getting the Rainbow Gathering this year in Minnesota, and I'm old now, as you can see, Val, old guy, 81. So every year, I think this might be my last gathering. So this is where I meet a family called the Rainbow Family, and where we kick back, where we kick on, everybody gets what they have to give, and a good time is had by all in some beautiful space. The uh, scouts are going out now. The snow has gone from Minnesota to find what would be a good witch. There's a couple of... Uh, National Forest, that's where we go, that's where we can go free. In Minnesota, it's a Minnesota-Wisconsin gathering, so we're going to see where we're going to be, and uh, I'll let you folks know as we get closer to the gathering where it's going to be, 
and you can find yourself by going to Rainbow Family, Rainbow Gathering, Googling every way you want to Google, and you'll soon find out what the Scouts have found. It's a good way with about eight or 10,000 people to enjoy each other, blah, blah, blah. Enjoy each other, to circle, to counsel, to talk about things, where we go from here in the time of Trump, Trumpian. Because he's on his way out, and we're on our way ahead. Is that right, Val? That's right. Well, I, oh, I can say it. Fuck yeah. Yes, you can. Here we are. I'm not in Capu anymore. No, but Fuck. you know what, Dave? Um, Capu announced Poems Under the Dome this year, because we had a couple people who showed up who said they heard about it on Capu. I didn't talk to anybody at Capu, so I don't really know who it might have been. It might have been Mary Jean Robertson um, because uh, she, she's friends with Kim Shuck, our poet laureate. But we did have a couple people who said, yeah, I heard about it on Capu. So. Well, they all know me. You're, you're still told that I, I, go way I, back I know Mary Capu. Jane for Red Voices and Capu for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I know Avacha for many, because they were all together. That's an, they, that goes back to the founding of Capu, which I had something to do with way back then, 1970. Uh, we were all, what's the Bob Dylan line? I was older then, but I'm younger than that now. But anyway, we founded K-Poop. The, 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 the people at kind of college station, all white people, ran out the door because we were making, I was, my show was making it happen, talking about what community radio should be. And they ran the door in the neighborhood. As they ran out, the program director, I remember as if it was yesterday, you know my memories, he turned around and he said, we'll be back, we'll be back in a couple of months when you drive this into the ground. And this is all, this is like the Black Panthers, all black and brown people. That's what they thought. But for who's still on the air? KPO, isn't that true? And it's a good station. I spent a lot of years on it. And I spent a lot of years on it, and it is, if, you, if the blues is what you're about, if good, good, authentic music is what it's about, if people's music is what it's about, KPOO, Community Radio. I get it on a, uh, streaming around the planet, or hearing it by ear at 89.5 on the FM dial. Right on. Well, we we're saying tomorrow is Independent Bookstore Day, but we should also, you know, give give respect to the independent radio stations and the communities. So, because we're doing Independent Bookstore Day tomorrow is Independent Bookstore Day. I did, I did that so Saturday, have, April twenty seventh. We have. Um, Alley Cat right here? That's right. They're going to be hosting an event, certainly uh, 7 o'clock tomorrow evening, but I think there might be some things going on earlier in the day as well. Well, And uh, and uh, where do I have my birthday party? The Adobe Books. And Adobe. Uh, those are two. We'll see what's... Uh, maybe we can go online, check it out, and see what's going on. But support your independent bookstore. There's a lot of good books there. Books you, you can walk in there, and you'll find something you didn't even think you wanted. There it is. Wow, that's what I've been looking for without even knowing it, you know? That's an independent bookstore to me. Well, anyway, you said you had George Seaman. I do. I do. Was there? Yes. And you have an interview with him. Is that right? I do. Yeah. So we were able to, um, we had, you know, lots of great speakers who came to Earth Day and spoke on the main stage, but it's kind of a tough venue to to be a speaker you know you're outside there's lots of people so you know like bands are exciting and then there's a speaker and people kind of like walk away so what we like to do is make sure that we have some media um, that we can share afterwards it's much more valuable to um, you know to the people's time who've come and to their expertise and and their really important messages so uh, we took um, 
So I interviewed George Seaman, and and it's so windy there too. Shoot. It was a windy day. Beautiful randomly, windy. it was beautiful, but it, the wind was blowing so randomly windy that seen. day. I just had to kind of go with it. So you will hear a little bit of that wind. Get this queued up and get it cooking. Farmers Co-op. A farmers co-op, um, but a, a, a wildly successful co-op um, in, in a world of, of you know capitalist models. Um, the, the farmers co-op. So can you tell us about? I know you've been instrumental. Uh, there was a, a bill back in 1990 that you helped push through to get labeling for organic foods. Um, but obviously, a lot of time has passed since then. So where are we now, and, and what do you want to share with people on Earth Day about the importance of organics? Well, first, organics is truly a reflection of the power of the people. Nobody, nobody promoted it but the people themselves. And so, yes, we have a federal rule, which we needed to have a label, but that was because the people went to D.C. and said, we want a label. And it's really been the consumer supporting organics that's made it succeed, and now you have every multinational and every that happened because of the people's choices. So uh, food is, is so important how it touches so many parts of our society and so many solutions, whether it's social justice or the care of the land or health. Uh, but you know, with climate change, uh, there's nothing more important than our soil. Societies all die because their civilization runs their soil into the ground. Do you know that in the science if it's 0.3 or 0.2 or 0.4, if we raise the organic matter of all the soils in the earth up 0.3, we would take care of our carbon sequestration problem. And at the same time, we'd be protecting our future by having healthier and healthier soils. So soil is the start of life, it's the breath of life, and it's such an important place. So organics is a pioneer in that, and uh, the climate change needs to embrace that agriculture is a major force and a major potential. In order to sequester, not only is organic matter part of it, but also uh, the form of agriculture. So having a grass-based livestock production versus the confinement's a huge difference in that kind of equation. So there's so many different ways that food touches our climate. Yeah, we were talking with the representative from the San Francisco Department of the Environment earlier who was talking about um, how compost and, and putting yeah, that as a top, up on the topsoil can help to sequester carbon. Um, do you have any other ideas for us urban dwellers here in San Francisco? I know you're, you're I have to say, he's coming all the way from Wisconsin. Um, so uh, what other ways would you, you know? Well, you know, food, food is, it's just, to, food can become a real hobby. You know, you can grow your a garden. Yes. That, that's that's touch of earth. You can actually go out and buy boxes of food and can it. You can go harvest things. Uh, you know, there's so much to do. So to me, food needs to become part of our intimate part of our lifestyle as a hobby and as a way to eat. But we need to make food important again. And of course, that goes further into meals. We need to learn how to cook again. We need to share meals. Uh, people always are so busy now that we don't share meals. Cooking has got to become part of our social life now. Have cooking parties, and and when then if you start with raw ingredients, people always say organics is expensive. Well, the best way to make food cheaper is simply to buy raw ingredients and do your own cooking. If you buy ready-made food, uh, you're paying a ton. McDonald's French fries cost a lot of money for potatoes. But you're buying them convenient, ready, packaged, all that stuff. But if right. you bought potatoes 
as a, you can buy organic potatoes for half the price as McDonald's potatoes. So people always talk about the price of organics. It's really a lot about your lifestyle around food. Right. And so it's so important to bring back uh, natural foods, whole foods, cooking, meals, sharing, all those things. That's a really great point. And this fast food, uh, you know, I'm going to order up food and have it delivered to my house kind of era, it's a really good reminder that we do need to learn how to cook. We do need to, have, we need to learn how to share and also go to farmer's markets and support directly to support the farmers who come. There's, I think there's a farmer's market in San Francisco every day of the week. So that's one way that you could, you could uh, start to do that. Now that we've become so aware of plastic, oh wow. You look at a lot of the things you buy and you see all that plastic and like, oh, that's not right. So we really got to go back to our basic roots of, of cooking food and, and, and sharing food and that kind of thing. All right, going back to the basic roots with that's a radical, George Seaman. That's a radical <laughs> statement. As Diamond Dave would say, radical means back to the roots. So here we are, radical movement. That's so good. Thank you so much for coming to Earth Day and being here and supporting our community. All right, my pleasure. Thanks. All right, thank you. Well, that's amazing. What a humble human being. And he's that fact by, by putting out the, the truth. I mean, it's just a basic truth. Radical is what it is, because it's about living the life. And you know, Val, I think we should invite him to do a regular series of uh, homespun, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin, uh, I don't recall a statement like that. We'd interview about a variety of things. That would be wonderful. Well, yeah, and we'd love to have George call in once in a while and, you know, lay it out there and, and share some of his expertise and things that he's learned in, in his life and in his career. And, um, you know, just as he was saying, you know, we, we really have to pay attention to the soil, right? That's the source of our food. What What's in it? Where, you know, Where's it coming from? Um, and, and keeping that healthy. And I think that that science is a, is a real um, kind of gateway for a lot of people to, to move forward uh, so that we can have healthier food you know, s sources. You know, um, George, remind me, we've known each other for 28 years. And we first met by the banks of the Mississippi River. Where the crow dog was it called the crow dog uh, massacre occurred, where they were, the militia was after them on the tail, and they got across the river at one point where it was uh, where where it was uh, more shallow, where it didn't, and the, the the mothers were coming holding their babies over their head, and they were crossing the river, and the militia. Even then, all white people, the militia gets out of the side of the river where, and just pick them off like marksmen in the river. The river is filled with blood. And uh, I was sitting there, there's a small group of people sitting there, we were having a commemoration. It was of the uh, commemoration of the... Uh, yeah, thanks for calling. Reminding. And then uh, George was there, and he had a pipe, and we went up the hill a bit and smoked the pipe, and that was 28 years ago, and we've been friends ever since. Hell yeah. Well, you know, life goes that way. Who would have imagined that we would have an interview, thanks to Val, with him, to talking truth. Well, I think we have our uh, caller, don't we? Yes, we do. We do. We do have our caller. <laughs> right, just get adjusting here. Um, yes, let's 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 bring her on. So Michelle Dillon is calling in from the books uh, books to prisons. 
program up in uh, Seattle. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the show. Michelle, introduce me, will you, Val? Sure. This is our, our primary host here, Diamond Dave. Well, we're both co-hosts. That's true. Um, but uh, I know Diamond Dave certainly has a lot to say on this topic of making sure that you know books can, can go into prisons. I, I know he can tell us a little bit more about some of the things that he's done for that. But um, we're happy to have you call in today because we know that there's been a lot of uh, action and activism up in the Seattle area to try to push back against a proposed ban of of having free books into prison. So, um, Michelle, welcome to the Common Thread Collective. Hey, Michelle. Hey, it's uh, great to meet you both, Valerie and Dave. Uh, is that Dylan, D-Y-L-A-N or D-I-L-L-O-N? It's D-I-L-L-O-N. Oh, okay, no relation to Bob Ho. But anyway... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, I was part of a, a book program, uh, Books for Prisoners, back uh, quite some time. I came out of, uh, I was part of Food Not Bombs. And out of that came uh, the, uh, Books for Prisoners. And we, we were Books for Prisoners. And that time, you, you, I believe it had to be new books coming directly from the bookstore or from the publisher. They were very, they, uh, they, were, they were putting their foot down about uh, just books coming in. Is that your situation? Yeah, so here in Seattle, uh, Books to Prisoners Seattle has been going since 1973. And we started in conjunction with Left Bank Books down at Pike Place Market uh, in response to a lot of the rising tides of prisoner abuses, such as Attica. And so we uh, started to send books to mostly political prisoners, but as time went on, we expanded to everybody. So we currently send to, I believe it is about 45 states across the country, and we send about 12,000 packages of books every year. But uh, the situation in Washington is indeed about the issue with uh, free books versus used books. We had been sending to Washington prisons uh, used books with a few glitches, and suddenly we found that the packages of books that we were sending were increasingly being rejected. So... I dug around on the DOC's website and found out that early in March they had rolled out a memo that had banned all programs, not just Books to Prisoners in Seattle, but every program across the country that does similar work from sending free used books. And what what was this? Why did they do? Why is that happening? Um, what are some of the reasons or excuses, however you want to frame that, um, that they're giving? Or yeah, concerns, so there, we can say. What are their concerns? Was there was increasing number of uh, contraband incidents where contraband was supposedly being mailed in through the books that we were sending in. Now, we've seen that excuse time and time again. Whenever a prison wants to crack down, that's sort of the catch-all excuse that they'll use. In the Washington DOC's case, they put out a press release on April 3rd that cited specifically... 17 alleged contraband incidents. And the Seattle Times got a hold of the list and found that, in fact, not one of the alleged contraband incidents could be tied to the books that we were providing. And, in fact, most of the supposed contraband incidents didn't even have to do with physical books. What had happened was the Seattle Times had just done a keyword search in their own incident report database for contraband 
plus book, which meant that they were including all sorts of incidents like uh, contraband found by Officer Booker. Oh, wow. Or inmate booked with contraband. And they were trying to use that against programs. This move would have denied Hmm. thousands of books to Washington prisoners, as it turns out, for absolutely no reason. So that was a stated excuse for contraband. And again, it's one that's been in use repeatedly. Uh, Pennsylvania, their DOC tried to ban books in 2018. They cited the same excuse. And just like Washington, they never did provide any evidence. That's interesting that they, I mean, that they won't provide any evidence, right? That's not, you know, very clearly recorded somewhere. Um, And also, I was thinking about this earlier, you know, in advance of you giving us a call in today, and thinking about how, you know, when you send something to a prison, they go through it. Right. Like it's it's like something that it, it, it doesn't need to be something that it, you can't you can't like tell someone that they can't set mail something to a prisoner anymore necessarily. Right. And then but I mean, they tried that in Pennsylvania, too. The attempt in 2018 was going to centralize all mail processing so that uh, a third party warehouse would take the mail photocopy it, scan it, essentially, and then send it back to the prisons. And thankfully, there were a lot of prisoners' advocates and legal groups that uh, fought back against that. Well, well, Michelle, we're living in the time of Trump. What political uh, political appointees are head of the prison system I was on the federal system, and uh, it's so it's, it might the contraband to them may be not be the books themselves, the subject matter, the titles even of the books of a, of a revolutionary way that's certainly not Trumpian, and and so there there are reasons they can't use the First Amendment I don't think so they have other reasons don't you think that's possible? Yes, what we've noticed is that uh, banned books lists are starting to get fairly extensive around the country. And these are lists of books that are banned explicitly for the content, not because of the provider of the book. In some states, such as Texas, these banned books lists have gotten as long as 15,000 titles. Wow. And in Texas, it's included books like um, The Color Purple. Uh, It's included Where's Waldo? Very Where's conspicuously, Waldo? it has not included Mein Kampf. So uh, there seems to be a bias towards what content is and is not provided. So, uh, and, uh, What a wild range there. So the books right. that people, the prisoners I mean, would like to read, I mean, yeah, in jail. Several states actually got into trouble last year when it was found that they were all banning The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, mm. New Jersey, North Carolina, among other states. So they're getting a list from somewhere else. I don't think the guards are. And they know if you're in prison, you got time to spend and how important a book like a book is to you, I imagine. You're in prison and you got plenty of time to read and you want to read good books, you want to educate yourself so that when you get out, you'll have some idea of what's going on. Isn't that right? Right. And it's not just about necessarily the educational component. It's about reestablishing that sense of community. Um, you know, prisons are designed to make a person isolated from the outside world. And even a simple act like sending a book can remind a person that, hey, we remember you, we support you, we'll be here for you. 
Yeah. It's also just a function of uh, stress relief, you know? How many times have you sat down with a good novel and just escaped into it for a couple of hours? Well, been a it's notable reader. that some of our most popular requests are genre fiction. Thr- uh, thrillers, mysteries, fantasy, sci-fi, westerns. Wow. People who are in prison read for exactly the same reasons that people who are not in prison read. And it's really shameful to try to... Uh, eliminate any of those sources of literacy, education, self-empowerment, stress relief, especially when it's for such bogus reasons as we saw the underpinnings in the Washington, D.O.C. book ban. Well, Jack London, a a favorite of prisoners in those days. Yeah, one himself, yeah, Jack London, still very popular. And he he did speak about uh, having a book in prison, and how you could fly out of the off the prison bars. Well, you could fly out of the prison with a good book. That is Jack London. I think you should find that. That would be wonderful if you could Google and find out that what Jack London had to say about flying out of the prison, the books being the wings that got you out at least temporarily. Or think uh, about Malcolm X uh, and Malcolm. his famous. Anecdote about using the dictionary to empower himself. That's right. Yeah. He read the dictionary, memorized the dictionary, took notes, um, and came out a a transformed person. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty notable that the dictionary remains our number one request. About 25% of all request letters, and I should preface this by saying that prisoners who write in are allowed to request whatever they want from us. We encourage it. So, you know, people will sometimes write in with uh, request letters that are two or three pages long filled with basically all of their hopes and dreams. But the single unifying thread for quite a few of our letters is that people make a request for a dictionary. Huh. So let me ask a question here. So, So tell us more about how the Books to Prisoners group works because this is, I mean, you're based in Seattle, but this is a national network. Can you uh, tell us a little bit more about how it works and, and how people can write in and, and get involved in that and a little bit more about the, the organization? Sure. So Books to Prisoners Seattle is one of about three dozen groups who share the same mission of providing free books to people who are incarcerated. Uh, we're here in the Pacific Northwest. We don't just serve Washington. We serve all states. And there are groups scattered around the country who have similar missions. Some serve national populations. Some have a regional focus, like the Appalachian Prison Book Project. Some have a focus on certain demographics, like LGBT books to prisoners in Wisconsin. But if you're interested in learning more, I would encourage you to try to find your local organization, because what I know is that all the groups are very grassroots. We are always in need of volunteers to help read the letters that prisoners send to us, to help select books from our on-site libraries, and help prepare those books to be mailed out. On-site library. So tell us again, or did you tell us, where people can find out on-site the books that are available and how people can lend a hand? That would be grand. Sure. Uh, The Books to Prisoners Seattle website is bookstoprisoners.net. But there's a full list of uh, the most up-to-date contact information for groups available on Prison Book Program site. And they're a group that operate out of Quincy, Massachusetts. Of course. Quincy Mass. And, uh, well, I was, I, as I say, I was part of the spinoff 
spinning off from Funad Bombs back in the day. Not so bad. I think in the early 80s. I'm not sure. Early 80s, maybe. And so that was uh, Books for Prisoners, San Francisco. I don't know if they're still there. Still, I'm sure we can look it up. Books for Prisoners, San Francisco. In some way, we can lend a hand right here. Today just happens to be what? What day is this? Oh, yeah. Tomorrow is Independent Bookstore Day. Oh, that's right. Uh, that's a national, eh? Well, we can stop by bookstores and say, look, we're part of Books for Prisoners. Any donations would be welcome, you know? Yeah, and there in the Bay Area, I know that there's the Prison Literature Project. Was oh, that what we and- called? Yeah. That was us back then. Still there. Let's look it up. They're still there. The Prison Literature Project? Yeah, look at this. We were part of that. It was first to cut some, you know, food not arms? Food not bombs. Bread not bombs. It was, it was a spinoff from food not bombs way back in the day, and it's still here. Prison Literature Project. So this is important, and we have this show every other Friday. I'm a voracious reader, by the way. And uh, support anything that could get books in people's hands, because I know for me what it's like. And books will get you. Will get you. And what I like is what I call long-form nonfiction. And I think it's probably not in the prisons too. I'm talking about history. I'm talking about politics. I'm talking about biography. I'm talking about hipstery. Long-form nonfiction, they call That's what they do in the New Yorker. I bet that's kind of a favorite in prisons too, because the New Yorker has so many good articles. You know. Oh, definitely. So, Michelle, this is not just happening in Washington State. Uh, you referenced when we were getting getting ready for this that there's a lot of, of these bans being put in place in various places across the country. You sent me a link about um, last year in October the um, uh, uh, that back in Pennsylvania that they were banning books from going into prisons and instead actually charging prisoners $147 to put to purchase a tablet um, and then pay a private company for electronic versions of reading material. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was ludicrous. Uh, it's exactly as you said. They were trying to make prisoners pay to read by eliminating access to other routes to get books. Even more egregious, a lot of the titles that they were expecting prisoners to pay for, with costs up to twenty four ninety nine per book, were titles that would otherwise be available for free through Project Gutenberg. And what was even more outrageous is that activists uncovered uh, documents that showed that the Pennsylvania DOC, months before rolling out the ban on free books, had just signed a new contract amendment with their tablet provider, which had changed up the commission structure, commissions being money that's paid back to the Departments of Corrections by private tablet vendors. It changed up the commission structure from being a flat commission to incentivized revenue. In other words, if the Pennsylvania DOC couldn't push enough product through tablets, they would start to lose revenue. And lo and behold, a few months after the DOC signed that new contract amendment, they made the decision to cut off access to books. Oh, my goodness. Well, books are dangerous to the powers that be. And particularly when we have a president, who, as far as I can tell, has never read a book. It must seem too dangerous, so dangerous to him because he can't do it. You know what I mean? 
And so there we are. Here's a man of limited intelligence who's capable of anything as President of the United States, and he's got these political appointments that are reaching down the judges, people who are running the prisons, at least the uh, national, the federal prisons, and then the state prisons get their ideas from that. So I can see what's going on. I really respect it. I can see, however, that you're up for the job, highly intelligent, uh, up for the job, and dedicated. Is that right, Michelle? I would hope so. And I'd also like to note that as far as this administration, they have definitely done some terrible things, and you can tie a lot of things to them, but the issue of books in prison far predates it. We have been struggling to maintain these tools for prisoners for decades. These battles, uh, although the tablet component is new, the battles themselves have been going on for decades now to try to fight against prison censorship. But now you have appoint, prison appointees, political appointees, who have even less interest in seeing books in the hands of prisoners than the ones before, maybe. They want you to jump through their loops. The ones before want you to keep jumping further, through their loops so long that you're exhausted. Wow, and you're exhausted and you're, you're in a burnout situation. Isn't that right? But I can see, Michelle, that you're dedicated, devoted, zealous, and amazing human being. Hey, I definitely appreciate it. Oh, and I wanted to interject, too. I realized that I misspoke about the Berkeley Group and my deepest apologies to them. It's Prisoners Literature Project, just to get that straight so that they're more easily findable for those who are interested in learning how to support them. Beautiful. We're in San Francisco. But I'm sure if there's still an ongoing prisoner's literature project, it would probably be in Berkeley where they just had the 50th anniversary of People's Park. There's so many 50th. I'm 81, so I've been through a lot of, I see a lot of 50th anniversary coming because I was there. You talk about political prisoners. You talk about Seattle, Washington. And that was the time of the brigade, the Johnson Brigade. The, the Jackson, what was it? Jackson the Bri- George Jackson Brigade. Exactly. Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. And they were locked in prison for many years, and they needed to read. They needed to keep that. They they knew they'd probably go to prison, and they had no idea. Of, no, no. <laughs> I'm crying. They had no desire to give up. Is that right? Oh yeah. And those who have been around in mixed prisoners Seattle for a while also speak very highly of the George Jackson Brigade and Buff Bank Books. I know well. I know a guy named who was anyway Left Bank Books. And I'm an anarchist, so I'm down with it. And I'm 81 years old, so what I do, I call hipstery. I say, if you got any questions, I might have some answers. If you don't, if I have any answers, I might have some questions. And here we are pretty much under, under the radar here at Mutiny Radio. Is that right? Well, in a sense. I in mean, sense, you know, yeah. we're, we're streaming online. We have about 20,000 monthly downloads of this particular program. So, um, you know, people are out there listening and connecting, and that's certainly part of our, our show and why we're the common thread. Because what do we do, Dave? We cast, we cast that a wide, wide net. net. Find that common thread. Let life flourish and then say, don't panic, just keep it organic. And at 80 years, at my 80th birthday, what came to me, it's on my walker. Ho, ho, ho. Are these words, it, 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 it boiled it all down. The words are this. You can repeat after me if you want. Learn to love. Learn to love. Learn to love. Love to learn. Love to learn. This, Love to learn. This never ends. Never ends. So that's my philosophy of life, and you're welcome to it, <laughs> Michelle. So wonderful to hear from you and the work you're doing. Oh, it's been my pleasure. Yeah, and, and I wanted to kind of tie on this, to kind of tie tie a little bit more of this together, because, you know, when we, when we see that, that, you know, that 
providing reading material to p- people who are in prison is become uh, they're trying to limit it or or monetize it and and bring more money into the prisons. It's a good reminder that prisons are money making profit driven institutions. Um, there's private prisons in this country that are subsidized um, and there's you know some federal prisons some state prisons but a lot of private prisons is a prison industry and you know I feel like if you the the more and it and it can tie into a larger system too of keeping people uneducated and putting this you know the pipeline to prison um, th- that it you know People end up in this cycle of, of criminal justice, ending up in jails, and then not granting people access to educational materials or just, you know, pl- reading for pleasure. That's educational, too. Um, you know, it's like keeping people a- away from breaking out of that cycle. And it's profit driven because yeah, there's, there's recidivism and, and, and una- an inability to break out of those cycles keeps people in prisons and keeps them making money. Yeah, there's an insidious network of uh, motivations going on. There's definitely a financial motivation that underpins a lot of the attempts to access communication and community, broadly speaking. Uh, You know, it's not just the books and the push to put everything onto monetized tablets. It's the prison phone calls. It's the switch from having in-person visits to having what they call video visits, but should more properly be called video calls, which are basically like Skype, but you have to pay for them. There's the push to, uh, when a person is released, have the money put onto prepaid debit cards, which are basically like the prepaid visas that you might pick up at a grocery store, only because they're tied to these private Uh, prison companies that want to make money off of the backs of prisoners and families, they come laden with fees, fees for activation, fees for looking up your balance, fees for withdrawing money. And it ends up, you know, gouging these people for whom these few hundred dollars can mean the difference when they're first reentering between finding uh, stability and not finding stability. And it's really unconscionable. You know, there was a great study that was put out by the Ella Baker Center a few years ago called Who Pays that looked at some of these soaring costs and the impacts they had not just on prisoners and reentry, but also on family cohesiveness. Because when you have a system that's set up to drive you further into poverty, when you have a system that's set up to remove those adults who would otherwise be able to bring money into the family and redirect it all into these private companies that are siphoning it off, dire things happen. The Human Rights Defense Center, for example, uh, where I also work, they have this overarching project called the Stop Prison Profiteering Project that also uh, runs the prison phone justice campaign, where we try to find the the contracts and the documents and the amounts of commissions that are being paid back because of this uh, entangled web of financial exploitation. And when you start to go down the rabbit hole, it's just staggering the amounts of money that companies are making off of families. Prisoners. And then they discover a cell phone smuggled into the prison, and they go bananas, don't they? Because cell phones can come in, they do come in, and they keep trying to figure out how to keep a cell phone out. But some people are smarter than other people, you know? Where there's a will, there's a way, I've discovered. 
definitely. And so I'm a, we're up for it. And look, uh, Michelle, Dylan, yeah. whatever whatever we can do, as, as Common Thread Collective Radio, by all means, keep us in mind. You can call us, and now you're being heard throughout the with, with, throughout the planet on the internet. And if people happen to have a, um, you know, people who have something inside, if they, if they, they can get a, get access to a, um, as a to the internet, I think that's what they don't like like at all. People can be we can be heard inside as well, maybe. I definitely appreciate that you have this platform. Was well, a platform for the people, of the people, and by the people. Saying, "Learn to love, love to learn." This never ends, and that's the basis of my uh, my politics. So, Michelle Dillon, whatever it is we can do, I can see you've gathered an amazing amount of information, and and that you plan to continue the fight. Is that right? That's definitely right, and we'd appreciate anybody out there who's able to join in the fight because we need everybody. At Books to Prisoners Seattle alone, we have 300 volunteers every year. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing the kind of community support that we get for this very simple idea, which is that prisoners deserve books, and prisoners need books. Books and magazines, anything you think them. Like, I, I think you could call I just had that idea about the New Yorker. I wonder if you could eBay or get to the New Yorker some way and look, say, we're, we're books for prisoners, and we really appreciate some copies every week of the New Yorker because they need to read it. It seems funny to say it. The New Yorker, what? But they really, really, I know it's long form nonfiction, and that's something that some prisoners really like. Am I right? Uh, quite possibly. I would encourage listeners to go onto our website we have a list of our most requested books as i said dictionaries are number one if anybody can provide a used especially paperback dictionary to any prison book program across the country they will be grateful but you can take a look at the full list uh there are things like learning spanish learning how to draw learning how to start a business that's that that is such good information because i know Everyone out there listening has some sort of bookshelf out there that they, you know, dust off once in a while. And they're like, I know I have a book like that. So so if people go to books2prisoners.net, they can connect and find those lists and, and find a local chapter um, and, and maybe contribute. Yep, definitely. Uh, you can also find Books to Prisoners on Twitter at B2P Seattle. Wow. Michelle. That's wonderful. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to meet you. You seem like an incredible human being. And you found out somehow. And so you're welcome to give this number out and then let us know the people who are involved in various facets of the struggle. Imagine books for prisoners. Well, books are coming out every day by authors who would love to see their hand their books get in the hands of uh, prisoners. Publishing companies, you know them themselves, who would like to make sure that, we, who, that would be delighted to get their books in the hands of prisoners. And these, a lot of these books are unknown in prison, but the anthropology, sociology, studies, uh, you just mentioned one, uh, the, the studies, you mentioned some, in fact, studies of how the situation really works, and this all needs to get in the hands of prisoners. You know what I mean? Definitely, Dave. So I'm up for it. I'm down for it. Hey, Val, I think we're around for it. We're so, around for it, yeah. So, hey, sister, <laughs> let's go for it. Because nobody needs to be in for it and out of it. How's that? 
I was saying, I'm, I'm, like the, I'm, I'm like the last beatnik, so I'm filled with that stuff. <laughs> well, thank, thank you so much. Thank I'm you, crying. thank you all for being part of this conversation, and uh, we certainly um, wish you well in, in the Seattle chapter, and know that you're welcome anytime. As are anybody, like Dave said, anybody in that in that vast network of people and all those great volunteers. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're there and, and we, you know, we're sending love to all those, uh, all those people behind bars and uh, looking towards making better changes for, for them, for our society. So uh, thank you so much for giving us a call all the way from Seattle. <laughs> That's so fantastic to hear. Thank you, Valerie. And thank you, Dave. Thank you. His brother, and then George died. George wrote a couple books. What were George Jackson's books? And they were big, but it really made a big impression at the time. Two books. And then he was killed making a run for it in San Quentin. George Jackson. Jonathan Jackson, his brother, who brought the van. It was, that was some incredible times, Michelle. Okay, enough.
You are listening to the Common Thread Collective here, mutinyradio.fm. That's right, folks. We're taking over the internet airwaves, mutiny. Just when you thought someone was in charge, you realize you have no master. Here we are, and it's a beautiful Friday, and we're in this cool, funky little art space at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets in the Mission District of San Francisco, and we're very grateful to have this spot. And if you want to uh, contribute to our endeavor here, um, you can do it in a couple different ways, actually. Um, We actually have a Donate Now button on our website, uh, mutinyradio.fm, just straight straight shot there. Um, but also, uh, we do have nonprofit sponsorship from our friends over at Media Alliance. If you go to media-alliance.org, you can make a donation through there. And all you have to do is make a note, uh, a comment that you're donating on behalf of the Common Thread Collective or just Mutiny Radio. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's great to be able to have these art spaces like our friend Rob's going to come in and sing a couple of kooky songs from his ukulele. Um, a resident uh, artist and comedian, Zach Wiseman, is hanging out in the studio today building some sort of um, portable power grid system something. Uh, Val's not, an, not a physicist or engineer. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a great place to come. We have a piano if you happen to want to play the piano or come and bring your music. We can plug stuff in. We can play CDs. We can play vinyl. Um, We actually, somewhere around here, we have an old stereo that we could play cassettes. That's right, folks. Um, So Mutiny Radio, though, uh, you know, uh, grass, you know, kind of very down home, we have many, many capabilities. So um, you can also be a DJ here if you want. Um, you can email our director and say, I want to be a DJ at Mutiny Radio and uh, see how that works for you. And we're very open to all of that. So I'll tell you what, um, while Diamond Dave's outside taking a little bit of a break and uh, Rob's looking through his, shuffling through his, his papers, I'm going to play a little more music from our friend's brother Spellbinder. And um, yeah, stay tuned. We're nowhere near finished.
cast the characters sometimes. I've got many characters. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, Rob, you d- I think you definitely have it in you to carry like a whole cast it, of just, you know, as yourself. It's, you know, I've done songs here uh, and uh, the, the side of me that you've never seen is, is the storyteller. Uh, when I first came to San Francisco, I, I wouldn't have called myself a songwriter. I would have called myself an essayist storyteller uh, with uh, versions of every classic fairy tale, brand new versions for wow. me. To, and so, yes, the characters are, they're just flowing even, even more than the songs. Yeah, as we were coming over here, put on the radio, and what came on the music? On the, on the radio, Caitlin's and Caitlin's car so, was the Beatles. Get back, get back to where you once belonged. You know that song? Oh, yeah. Get back, and they, of course you didn't mean to. Do. That was like a satire because people were not getting back. There's no way they could get back. Can't go back. And they sing this song back. and they're so happy. And in, in 1966 or so was when it came out. And then we go walk down the uh, Page Street, just off Page Street. I remember walking down out of every radio that song came. The Beatles were the, by that time, they were the thing. It was amazing. And there were, there were stations that dedicated themselves totally to the Beatles back then. Yep. Fuck. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, you guys. Well, here we are. H- here we are, back back to where we all belong here on the Common Thread at Mutiny Radio, and Rob has his ukulele and some and some lyrics in front of him and some bars laid out. I'm sorry, I'm giving it all away right now. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I I do appreciate you as a storyteller, and I you know you're always telling a story, whether it's in music or an essay. So. Uh, I think I may um, book um, here at Mutiny Radio uh, two concerts, one a music concert and one just of storytelling, just of all of these brand new fractured fairy tales. Very fractured cool. fairy tales. That's a Mad Magazine. Fractured <laughs> yes. fairy tales back in the day, <laughs> in which they twisted around and came up with a real uh, theme. Is that right? Yeah. Well, I want you to do that. I think you should do a mixture myself. That's, yeah, that's a tantalizing thought, too. That's, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Well, let's give it a try next week, next, uh, next show, two weeks from now. All right. Let's All give right. that a try. What do you think, Val? I think Diamond Dave just gave you homework. Uh, I, can, I can handle that. I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, what's something to look forward to? And it will be a po- podcast, so you can tell, tell people uh, and tell people and use it as a little bit of promotion. This idea of a fractured, uh, a fractured concert that include both your, your, your ukulele and your storytelling. Yes. And, and may I just uh, also add, before I, I get into a little music here, uh, the interview that you had was, uh, was wonderful. I mean, awful, of course, the realities that it's talking about. But it, uh, I was sitting out there thinking about um, the realities of our prison system. And, and, of course, you know, it's easy to look right now and see the, that the, the for-profit status 
what it has done is just horrible and, and maybe the, the number one problem. With, but beneath that, um, the two biggest problems in our prison system may be, and I've, I've been reading a book recently and I wouldn't have known this, but the second one, but um, well, there are two things. Our prison system is based on its, it, the adversarial concept. Instead of trying to find the truth, we try to find the winner. And and it's it gets tied into you know a very sort of a uh, the, the second part is how our our prison system is retributional um, and New Zealand has been uh, over the past I don't know, fifteen twenty years trying to implement a different uh, oh, system New Zealand for sure where instead of basing it on retribution where the idea is focusing on the perpetrator uh, New Zealand has been trying to shift to a system where they're they're putting the focus the focus on the victim not the perpetrator and say all right what do we need to do to try to make somehow mm -hmm. things better for whatever whoever the victims were. And you know, and you know, the idea of having a retributional uh, judicial system is very Old Testament. It's very, you know, vengeance. It's you know, find and punish. And uh, right, and and a lot of that, you know, then and then we see a lot of injustice because of that. Because that's often about like, well, let's get somebody so that these people can have peace, and that's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, and, and some of these families never get peace, even when they see people executed and they think that that's what they, they want, you know? It's, it's a sad cycle. Um, I, I have a pin uh, that I picked up many years ago when we were protesting the going to, going to war in Iraq, and it, said, it says, why do we kill people who kill people to show that killing people is wrong? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And it's still going on. Yeah. The Americans are uh, American by bombing. They've killed more people in Iraq than, than the other side has by almost twice as many. Yep. Every year, this war, this almost forgotten war, Iraq and Afghanistan, we just shake our heads and we better get together, brother, better get together. And there's a lot of intelligent people in prison who would love to read a book such as the one you're reading now. Yeah. Books for prisoners. Let's figure out how we can get them in, get them in, because they're wondering just that. What can we do? What can we do? How can we, do? How can we work together? It's doing more together than any of us could do, do on our own. So take it away, brother. All right. Let me, let's change directions here. Let's, let's take some of the heaviness uh, away and, and jump over to something a little light, uh, because we need lightness. We need laughter. Um, here we go. I'm going to do, um, this is a song that was born on Hippie Hill. Um, I, I was I was sitting there one day busking, practicing, and um, someone came along and sat down. And within a couple seconds, it was obvious that uh, she was tripping very, very hard. And uh, so you know, I did my best to you know keep her entertained as I sat there and played. And she stayed for about 10, 15 minutes, and then wandered away. But it occurred to me that um, I, you know I, I like to have a song for every possible occasion, and that I didn't have a song to play if someone tripping sits down next to you what are you gonna play so here we go I wrote this this is called happy trip and uh, and I live in the fear that this will one day be co-opted into a children's song it is not a children's song but uh, it sounds very much like one here we go happy trip I love you me love you we love you everybody love you 
Kangaroos love you, hear the kangaroos play. Watch the kangaroos jump, won't you jump today? Babies love you, the trees loves you, the breeze loves you, monkeys do too. Wombats love you, hear the wombats play. Watch the wombats hug, won't you hug today? Hippos love you, the crows love you, buffaloes love you, and rainbows too. Bonobos love you, hear bonobos play Watch bonobos kiss, won't you kiss today? The moon loves you, the sun loves you, the stars do too We all love you Happy naked, happy naked, happy naked, we 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 Okay. <laughs> short and sweet and short and I can see it as children and adults, but it's a real key to life right there. Yes. We have a private really trip at hand that I have in the past. But I guess a lot of people have. Yes. And I get to hear that song. It would put me out of whatever funk I was finding myself in. Born that, on Hippie Hill. Well, being born on Hippie Hill, I've been born several times on Hippie Hill. Born and reborn. I die up to get to Hippie Hill. Some, somehow, even though I by my walker and I'm hurrying, I want to get to Hippie Hippie Hill, now the weather is so well, because Hippie Hill has been a home for me, a stopping off place, a happy place for me for so many years. Yeah. Give us another song. Today is just perfect for that. Oh, All right, let me, let me go a little sad. Um, this, is, um, this is a song that was born here at Mutiny Radio. I was uh, sitting out uh, with Jack Mellander. Um, yeah, and, Jack. Uh, we were chatting about this and that, and I, I can't remember exactly how it came up, but we were talking about Cervantes and Don Quixote, and uh, this song is called Quixote. Quixote. I went looking for a thief For some predatory churl To allay their victim's grief and he's a suffering world. I found a thief, laid him low, and stopped his spree. But when I looked in his eyes, all I saw was me. Don Quixote, go home, go home and cry. There ain't no dragons, there's just you and I. There ain't no monsters, call off the crusade. There's just broken people whose lives were waylaid. I went looking for a rapist to prevent an awful crime, to keep someone's daughter being scarred for all time. I found a rapist, struck him down, set her free. But when I looked in his eyes, all I saw was me. Don Quixote, you're done. It's over, you're through. There ain't no dragons. It's just me and you. There ain't no monsters. Call off the crusade. Just confused people whose world was waylaid. We long to slay the beast. Send evil to the dust until we realize the beast is all of us. I went looking for a killer to, to prevent a bloody deed, to give someone aid in their direst hour of need. I found a killer, set their victim free. 
But when I looked in their eyes, all I saw was me. Don Quixote lie down, just lie down and die. There ain't no dragons, it's just you and I. There ain't no monsters, call off the crusade. There's just lost lonely people, pretending no one's afraid. Don Quixote just fall on your rusty sword. There ain't no villains, just people ignored. Don Quixote, you're done. You gave it a try. There ain't no dragons, just you and I. Just you and I. Just you. Just broke, broke down duality there. Finding that common thread <laughs> and the common thread collective. Well, look, brother, I want you to think about maybe two weeks. Take a little, we can take about 20 minutes. And I'd like to see you mix up, combine your storytelling and your song. I think we can come up with something which you then could find useful in the future. Music and stories. Music I will do it. You. Sounds like a Rob feature. <laughs> we have, you know, we used to have features on the really? Common Thread Collective. What I the didn't hell? I know that. Yeah, no, we haven't done that in a while. So in two weeks, should you so choose to take up the, the, the challenge and the mantle, that's going to be on Friday, May 10th. That'll be our next live show here at Mutiny Radio. Um, we're going to feature Rob. Beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> now, now, the only possible is with my funny little job. I don't always know in advance when I'm working. Don't but, worry so about it. In two weeks or four weeks. That's, That's fine. Yeah. And if you don't show up in two weeks, we won't hold it against you. So just so you guys know, we are doing this show every um, second and fourth Friday of the calendar month. So um, take a look at your calendars. Look at the second and the fourth Friday. That's when we're here. Even when there are five Fridays, it doesn't matter. <laughs> we're here on the second and the fourth Fridays only. It's that. like street cleaning, okay? We're on a we're on a schedule, guys. <laughs> Believe and, it or not, and the show keeping itself it is basically unscheduled on a schedule. <laughs> we'll take whoever comes, hold things together, and give them a platform and interact, intersect, and relate with them. And that's what we do with you, Rob. Each and every time you show up, and it's wonderful. Uh, I'm glad and, you're here. And I can uh, I can I can also tell the world uh, where else they can show up um, tomorrow yes. night at Simple Pleasures Cafe in the Richmond on Balboa. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be hosting hosting a uh, a, a features event. Uh, there's going to be about seven or eight features, local artists, wonderful musicians. So come down tomorrow to Simple Pleasures Cafe at on Balboa at six o'clock, six to nine Saturday and night. So and you're hosting. Who's uh, who are some of the features? Uh, last have? time we had uh, Rivo and the Revolving Door. We had uh, who else did we have? We had uh, James Conrad. We had uh, well, we Neil Nybert. We got just a you know a lot of the the really good local number. I'm not sure who it is this time because well, you're welcome to invite him to come right down here. I, I, I always do. I always do. Yeah, those yeah. guys have all been here down here before okay, for sure. So. Yeah. Well, cool. Simple Pleasures Cafe. It's a great little spot over on Balboa in the outer Richmond. There, uh, it's not too far from the beach, and there's a really good um, burrito place there called Chino's, which is a couple blocks away. But if you're going to Simple Pleasures. You should go and pay, pay, 
buy food there. <laughs> yes. uh, sorry, I'm just pl- I'm just plugging neighborhood things, you know. You're just free associating, it's okay. That's right. That's what it's all about here. Yes. Free associating. <laughs> hit the nail on the head, Rob. This is the Common Thread Collective, and that's what we do. Um, and so again, tomorrow, although your event is at a uh, coffee shop uh, cafe, tomorrow is Independent Bookstore Day. So get out there, go to a bookstore, an independent bookstore. Um, and, uh, you know, like go get lost in Green Apple Books or City Lights or Adobe or uh, Alley Cat or um, Dog-Eared Books, all, all sorts of uh, cool, cool places to uh, spend your time and maybe even spend a little money. <sighs> My golly, money. <laughs> I have some. I do. <laughs> it was funny she, when she was, uh, Michelle was calling from the um, prisoners, uh, books to prisoners group, and we were talking about that uh, Pennsylvania uh, law that tried to ban books and make prisoners pay like 150 bucks to use a tablet and then pay for books to, on the tablet for access. It's like twenty four ninety five. Guys, I don't even pay that much for a book. Like, I'm probably not going to buy a book that's twenty four ninety five. No, no, and I have a job, I am, and I'm a I'm free a woman. Store hound. I have not you know? paid normal prices for a, for a book since. Yeah. I'm- yeah, I mean, I do. I occasionally do. Like, um, uh, what's the one on Hate Street in the Upper Hate uh, book? The Bound Together, the not, anarchist bookstore. No, not that one. The Smith Mission. I forget what it's called. Book Bindery. It's it's pretty close to the park. It's only like a block away from Amoeba, but it's a really cool bookstore. I don't know how I've missed that. I, I have. It's on the side. It's right near Wastelands. It's like on that side of the street. Um, I did buy a brand new book there recently. Um, I got Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. Love Michael Pollan. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I buy books. What's, I, what's I, the new one about? That one is um, about the uh, re-emergence of psychedelics being used in uh, research for s- treating depression and trauma. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did get that book there. And I, I buy books at bookstores, but you should too. Uh, <laughs> like Green Apple Books, I went there around Christmas time, got a couple books as gifts. You know, it's a good time to, you know. And, and the thing is, is because people like you and I, Rob, and Anybody out there listening? Because everyone appreciates used books, what you can do is you can buy a book at an independent bookstore any time of the year, read it, and then give it as a gift for Christmas or some other birthday or holiday or any given day. Who says you have to do all your shopping in December? Ridiculous. Um, you know, support small businesses year round if you can. Yes. So, um, cool. I'm going to play some music and then we're going to see what's coming up next because the Common Thread Collective is about free association and um, the spontaneity of what is going to happen next. Whee!
Пожалуйста. Я могу говорить. Давай. Я могу, могу. говорить.
All right. I hope you've been enjoying some of the music from Brother Spellbinder today. We're sitting here. We're here at Mutiny Radio. I'm sitting here with Diamond Dave and our friend DJ Rubble. Um, welcome back to the show. Yeah. Hi. And Diamond Dave with his 80-year-old brain, got kind of a little bit of like Swiss cheese, who needs to be uh, uh, reminded of some stuff. It takes me longer, but so much stuff is up there, all jumbled up. It takes me a while to find it. But we got, but Dave Rebel, I looked, I looked at who did I see, which is the People's Park um, 50th anniversary. 50 years, I'm having so many 50th anniversary, and I saw you, is that right? Yeah, that's it. I've been recording those the past few years and Berkeley Liberation Radio, getting them in the shuffler. There's a lot of work. I recorded that whole thing and I'm editing it now because there was the mic was on and off, broken, working, oh not my goodness, of working. But I do expect to get that up on IndieBay.org. And there's another, um, there's another concert rally this Sunday, the 2nd of two. That's right, the 28th. So that's going to be out there noon to 5 p.m. There's going to be a... Who's there? Uh, this, this, uh, I've tell. got this right in front of me here. Okay, tell us, tell us, tell us, please. Let's read it down. Noon, All Nations Drummers, um, likely Yukon Hannibal will be leading that with some spoken word. Jimbo, Lavender Scared, Clark Sullivan, who's described... Clark homeless and disability rights activist uh, 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 Occupy Clark mm-hmm. go ahead ba- uh, band called Margali if I'm s- pronouncing it right um, Rabbi Michael Lerner Michael Euromastics this is another band U- U-R-O-M-A-S-T-Y-X maybe Euromastique Isaiah McLean Andrea Malice, an astrologer. Jim, Bur- Jim Burrell. The Funky Nixons, a go. perennial one out there. Perennial's right. Shoot. People were getting excited the other Saturday when um, the announcer lefty started saying the Funky Nixons are going to be there on the 28th, and that's 325. 415 is POTUS, 425 Ruby's in town, and another perennial 505 Carol Denny, who's been doing a lot of, oh, a lot of organizing well, around the um, events. Well, it sounds like fun, and I don't think I got that was a big deal. People's Park, right? You're saying this is happening in People's Park on Sunday. This Sunday. The other one was was Saturday the 13th. Two events because the significance is not just to um, celebrate 50 years of the turnover, but that the university is at it again with a plan that if they succeed, will take about a year to try to pave this over, seize it from the public, and turn it into student housing with some really dubious claim that they're also going to put some homeless housing on there. And um, it's really gathering people together right now, engaging what kind of resistance there can be on all kinds of fronts. And there was some really interesting workshops that I went up to this week because I did want to hear people from that era. Well, let's, talk, let's talk a bit about People's Park. Go ahead. And then you'll have your announcements, workshops, what you learned and how other people can join. That'd be a very good thing to do, to leave that out, put that out there for our vast listening audience. But when I got People's Park, well, it was like walking down, the, 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 walking through campus, 
from Bart, this was a big thing for me. I, I had my walker pushing it all, but I knew I had to get there. Getting out of Bart, getting on the bus, getting on Bart, getting off the bus downtown, and walking through the campus. It was a beautiful walk. I made it so many hundreds of times. And I noticed, wait, there's a lot of people, a lot of kids here, a lot of students. It looks like uh, high school students by the thousands. And it turned out it was a special day, you see, <laughs> in which they were having all these different sample classes. And they went from class to class. And these are kids who are interested maybe, maybe going to UC Berkeley. And I noticed there was a lot of Asian kids, there were a lot of Chinese kids that there. But UC Berkeley, I guess you have to have a, you have to have not, a, I won't say IQ, that's for sure, but a, um, but a record, a high school record. GPA. GPA, to get into People's Park. I mean, not People's Park, anybody can get, pardon me, UC, to get into UC. And they were there by the thousands, walked through the campus, who are all these kids, what are they doing? And they were going by, and I started telling, come to People's Park, I started, you know, I, 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 I talk aloud, I'm, come to People's Park, it's really going to be happening. And they didn't even know what I was saying. They took a look at me and just thought I was some homeless, homeless dude, I could tell. And then I walked down Telegraph, the same thing. The sidewalks were packed, but they weren't looking at anything, any of the things on display, any of the people there. They were there for UC Berkey's UC Day. That's what they were there for. And then I walked through that. I felt like a stranger in a strange land. Robert Heenland, and then I walked into People's Park, and there was a small crowd, about what I remember from every year, some old-timers, others, people, people radicals of various sorts, had gathered in People's Park, am I right? Yes, that is true. It was a, it was a modest gathering modest. that got bigger as the day went on. About, um, look, I've been there about the past four or five years, and the last two years it's picked up a little bit back to probably what it was about five years before that, so it's staying steady. But this year, more there were more people who were actually there from the beginning who came in, including some people in workshops who flew in, who were part of this during the day but live elsewhere and came back for it. Wow. Flew in for the workshops and for people's park. I didn't know that. Yeah. I looked around... And I saw that, and also we had some, we had um, Country Joe singing, give me an F, give me a U, give me a C, Country Joe was there. Now, you might know of a recovery story, because I've heard of him himself, I believe he was from Vietnam, but about 15 years ago he did a concert for, at a mental health symposium about his own struggles with PTSD, addiction, and all of that. And he was just the healthiest, happiest guy his set was, I thought, spectacular. I couldn't imagine him being any better when he was in his wow. original heyday. Well, there's nothing like recovery. I got 18 years myself. And I remember there's nothing like recovery, nothing like a, a good sense of humor when you have your sobriety, because here I am, for sure. Yes. Yeah, and I great. no longer, I'm, I'm even beyond even having a desire to take a drink anymore. Hey, you're learning my secrets, people. But what <laughs> I, um, and then it came on was a woman from uh, Joy of Cooking. I wish we could play some. Cause, oh, you did good. Joy of Cooking was amazing. I'm forgetting her name. Yeah, she was the lead singer. Find her. She's what really good singer. And then her niece, oh. who I thought was really a young person, so when I came up to talk to her, she wasn't that young, but she, she did, she did some some of her own songs too, and they backed each other up. And um, uh, what's the name from uh, Joy of Cooking? She did a song, her own take on, you should reap just what you sow. It was amazing. She brought it up to date. 
and she showed something I hadn't realized. I always said, I think of reap what you sow, and in other words, some bad times are ahead. You've been doing all this, now you're going to be in deep shit. That's why I said, reap what you sow. But she's sown, it's not naturally, it's not, not necessarily that. Reaping what you sow is planting the seeds, and they will, will germinate. That's what it's about, too. In fact, when she mentioned Elizabeth Warren and the, uh, uh, the Elizabeth Warren and the senator, senator from California who's running for president. Kamala Harris. Yeah, Kamala Harris. She said, Kamala Harris, they'll reap what they sow. I said, what? what? Then I realized that's what she's talking about in a positive way of reaping what you sow because those two are out sowing a possible progressive candidate for president, and even if they're not nominated, at least they're putting out words that there's another way and are speaking for all this this new wave of people, in fact, uh, women by and large, who are elected to Congress, who have a new way. They're talking about, about getting rid of Trump. They're talking about all sorts of things that um, the Democrats have been afraid to talk to up to now, you know? So we better read what we sow, both a bad way, all that we've done. I'm thinking, all that I've done, my kids, and so on. And then she brought it up and turned it around, and it was beautiful, wasn't it? I thought it was great. Two exceptional performers. Wow. I, I had some of her recorded stuff at home. Her name is slipping my mind, and I just thought she was one of the really great singer-songwriters, but I didn't know anything about her, that even that she was from Berkeley or anything, so when she showed up, I was taken back. And it well, was back in the hippie days, her band, Joy of Cookin', was right up there. That's uh, it was like the hippie band. It was like on the cutting edge. That's Joya Cooking is what it was. And I, she brought all that back to me, and I went up to talk to her. Live. We had a conversation afterwards, of course, and uh, it was looking to see this woman. And she's an older lady now. She's my age, but she can still get it done. We're gonna listen to some Joya Cooking. Do you have some up? Yeah, well, let's put some Joya Cooking, and then we'll continue the conversation. How's that? This be Joya Cooking. And uh, from back then, I assume. Oh, Terry Garthwaite. Yeah, that's her. Terry, and she had a sister, too, she recorded with solo. Yeah, it was her niece that was with her at the stage. It was her niece there, but family affair from the beginning. Terry Garthwaite. Get down 
together now A little closer to the ground Now if you get down on your knees You're gonna feel that the earth is near No use looking to the upper side Cause you're living it right down here Here on earth On solid ground some good music good recommendations so that was joy of cooking closer to the ground we figured out her name terry garth waits and um yeah it just makes me think about uh you know staying staying grounded staying down to earth um there's a great line in there about like you know getting your head out of the machine um and i want to take this opportunity being that it is springtime to remind people that you can grow a garden in a space the size of your television Anyhow, we're still here with DJ Rubble and Diamond Dave, and we're talking about People's Park. We're talking about a lot of people's actions, and um, DJ Rubble brought in a magazine called Slingshot. Tell us about this this episode, or this edition that you worked on. Slingshot just came out. Um, I think it was like last, last weekend. It was published, and um, I was part of... The group that went in and helped publish it, and I'm trying to distribute some around here in San Francisco. It's published out of the Long Haul Info Shop in South Berkeley. And um, a lot lot of the Slingshot people, along with um, Berkeley Liberation Radio people, are doing a lot around People's Park, along with publicizing it. So um, 
a lot of important issues there. Um, what's in this? I don't know if it, it doesn't conveniently have a table of contents to say what's in it, but there is an article somewhere in here about the People's Park issue, um, climate change, a lot of other things. Um, DJ wow. Captain Fred, an obituary, which oh, no. I wrote a long time micro radio person and, and who just died. Uh, the centerfold is, uh, is a bit of an interest that you have to look at and figure out. Centerfold just says, uh, respect existence. Respect existence, respect or, existence or, or expect expect, expect resistance. resistance. And this is the kind of resistance I'm talking about. There you go. Together where you are. Yeah, the People's Park issue. I mean, there's. I've gone to universities and lived around a few of them, and you know, there's the tendency that you're getting reasonably well-to-do students up there. You know, there are low-income students there, but they have access to everything. And giving them a little more of what the university wants to grab for themselves as opposed to the homeless people who are in that rectangle of a park because it's the only public park in that district of Berkeley. You know, the only place anyone anybody could gather and there's also there's food not bombs meals served there people trading existential things um, some hopes that there can be more concerts but it's a rare spot that's open to the public and now they're saying there's a lot of crime there which has to they like to yeah point, well, they, point to like isolated incidents and then make a blanket statement that it's an unsafe place and well it tends to be worse they push all the problems there and then um, you know it's policing policies too they push all the problems to that space to discredit it you know, ah. it, it goes that far but yeah whenever there is something that happens there because anywhere where you have low income people in these cities it tends to be a magnet for trouble coming in and they blame the people using it but there's a lot of resistance around that along with just the university being up to its same old dirty tricks as it was back then and it's just you know, adding adding more power and control to that university. So it's a small core of people that are um, that are standing up who actually use the park and looking for the broader set of people. How many people are left who still live around the East Bay who've been active and caring about these issues that are going to come out and do this? Mm -hmm. And can some of the some of the current students be mobilized? Well, yeah, to, to, the article on you, page 13. You've got something. Uh, is this uh, the one that you were part of, uh, Bravo? No, why, that's not mine. Why does People's Park matter? And it's probably, I thought you might be a member of the Lunatic Liberation Front. That's not me, no. People's Park in Berkeley just turned 50 years old. And while it might be an old relic of the 60s, it still matters. Well, I'm an old relic because of the 60s. <laughs> so, so take a look at that. But I'm an old relic of the 60s, so it still matters. And this is a story. Park of 90s. Yes. Cop watch, critical mass, reclaim the streets, and a globalization. And that was just in the fucking 90s. The politics has taken state, propelled us into the 21st century. From resisting wars and police abuse 
to opening squats and spreading ideas like Occupy near and far. Well, here we are to be a voice of. So, the Rebel, you don't have to come in all the time to let us know. You can call in our, on, our, on our phone line, which if anybody would like to do that, it's 415-550-051. And let us know what's happening with the people who are getting together. Let us know what the university is doing. Let us know what we can do. And that this can be a place where people can come and speak about it. That's what we're about right here. About that. Okay, great. Do. Okay, great. I like showing up, though. Okay. Well, we're always happy when, that you show up and, and put this actual uh, independently produced newspaper in our hands. But I also want to say that uh, Slingshot is also offering um, some other options if you can't find a particular um, if you can't find a spot where, where this free paper is, but they do have a website called slingshotcollective.org and they will send you a random assortment of back issues for the cost of postage. So if you send $4 for two pounds, uh, it is free. Um, if you're an info shop or a library, so if you're an independent bookstore or a library, you can get these um, back issues for free. Um, but yeah, I love little independent papers, and this has a lot going on in it, and um, I think it's a really important uh, addition with the People's Park um, matter at hand. And then what's also really cool is that the back uh, page of Slingshot is called What Am I Doing? And it has all sorts of uh, events and things that you can check out um, throughout the summer. It's actually, this is a summer edition, so there's things that you can do in May all the way through October. And it's very colorful and, uh, yeah... Right on slingshot. You can, you, if you're out there listening, you can hear us rustling with our newspapers here. Usually, you can get it at. Um, um, usually, we can get it. You can get it at your various cafes. Did you bring a bunch? Are you going to leave some here? I just left a few, and okay. they're passed around. I just dropped some off at Rainbow Grocery, okay. at the Redstone Building, some of the distribution sites. Um, the anarchist bookstore bound together in the hate should have them. And there's, I think it's called a cafe coffee to the people out there in the the upper hate. That's right around the corner from bound together. Has it there. uh, Revolution cafe should have some. Amoeba records, thrill house records. It just came out. It'll be around. So yeah, I've been distributing some of them myself and they're going to, get some over so they'll be over there in Berkeley I saw them over at um, both record stores there on Telegraph Avenue um, Amoeba Mo- and Mo's Rasputin's, Rasputin's oh, so. the, oh yeah the music stores so yeah, they are around so they are distributed around Berkeley super already stock. I said a super stock. Uh, I'm the one who came, to the, came up with the name what should we call it this is Food Not Bombs we got to have a concert in, uh, in, in Golden Gate Park, right there at the band show. What should we call it? I said, what is called it? What's Soupstock, of course. And so it's still Soupstock. The Santa Cruz Soupstock is going oh, on. Yeah, that's May 24th in Santa Cruz. Soupstock Food Not Bombs concert in Santa Cruz. There's a lot of interesting information on the back here. Freedom Archives. That wow, the Freedom about. Archives 20-year celebration wow. at the lab on 16th Street. That's May 19th at 4 p.m. Oh, wow. That's that. a big one. Yeah, I haven't read um, 
the North American Anarchist Studies Network in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, this is this has national stuff on the back. The New York Anarchist Bookstore or Book Fair in June. Um, if you check out anarchistbookfair.net, you'll find a, a local one. Um, oh, June 11th. This is on. This is a part of our common thread today. Um, it's the International Day of Solidarity with Anarchist Prisoners. And so there's going to be uh, events in various places. You can check out June11.org. Um, and here on July 4th-ish is the Rainbow Gathering. Oh, look at that. Ask a Hindi <laughs> for location this year. What's going to be a minute showing up? Ask Diamond Dave. Fuck yeah. Um, the wow, there's lots of cool stuff. Dude. Makes me feel like an old hippie dude. And the uh, in Gainesville, Florida, in June fourteenth to seventeenth is the Fight Toxic Prisons National Convergence. Jeez, Louise. Um, hey, and then uh, June twenty eighth, San Francisco Critical Mass Bike Ride, last Friday of every month, starting at Justin Herman Plaza. Hey, speaking of bike rides, I have to tell you guys something. I don't know if you're aware of this. I am because I work nearby. But you guys know downtown at the One Post Plaza, where um, it's down on Market in Montgomery, and it's where all the bike messengers hang out. It's a public space with steps all the way around. So I work down down in that area, and about two days ago i walked i walked by and they other than the staircase that goes down to that little um there's like a little cafe down there and you can go into the underground uh for transit they have put barriers up like wooden plywood walls all the way around the plaza so that nobody can sit on the steps. And I have no idea where the bike messengers have recongregated, but they would go there every single day. And kill me if I'm wrong, Dave, it's been going on for years. And the, and so they've effectively shut out the San Francisco bike messengers from gathering in a public space that's centrally located downtown to everybody's you know benefit and everything. So, I mean, I, so I, I was appalled. I heard about that it made me really mad and it, there's nothing like saying why that I could see you know first it was just the plywood and now they painted it blue and they're like one post plaza I'm like what about it man you're not gonna like put a building here it's an transit entrance what's going on so i'm i'm pissed off to tell you the truth i don't know why they started it came out somewhere in the paper or something because i don't i don't I, know i, heard I haven't about it today some from somewhere else yeah i haven't had a chance to kind of follow that but down anyway, the rabbit hole and see what's going on but there was a um company delivery company called aero delivery yeah, in the early 90s when i just got out here i probably worked for them for a month or so just survival job it was a place that people could get into without a drug test and a lot of hassles and always hassling because there were pot smokers there and bikes on bikes on bikes started at aero but in Berkeley, you're starting to see these bots going all around. You see Berkeley campus and other things making deliveries, like food deliveries and other things. So they may be, they no, may be also paving the way to get these bike deliverers out of there and be replaced by oh, these boy, little, kind of little machines that go that go walking down yeah. to their delivery that's too. maybe so but i i mean well, i was really upset because that is a you know it's a public space and and they've taken it away for no you know 
apparent reason. I mean, sure, the bike messengers sit there and sometimes they smoke pot, but it's not like they're getting into fights or, or doing anything, you know, like totally nefarious. They're literally gathering there, and it's not even just the bike messengers. A lot of people use those steps. You can do it. It's like all the way around are, are these, you know, low... Um, steps that people sit on and have coffee, have lunch, talk to people. It's a public space and I am uh, really interested to find out why that's happening and what's going on. When I came in, I mean, it's regular people, but it makes... uh, environment down there that it makes these regular people working down there looking like they're undesirables compared to the rest. It sounds ridiculous. Well, I'm gonna have to look at it. Yeah, check freedom. that out. That might somebody needs a, an article in the next slingshot about what's going on with the bike messengers. Yeah, I saw something. Well, the guy who was in here working on his electronic thing. He's kind of wild-looking guy. He looked like they kind of together and together and so on. He's very like. He said, "Well, I have to go to work." He said, "I'm a cook." I said, "What?" You're cook where do you work he said i work at benders i'm a cook at benders and benders is a bike messenger place did you know that oh okay benders bar bike messenger place hey they bike support messengers hang radio. there i go to some of their punk shows and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're cool benders actually loves mutiny radio and it's mutual because they've they've supported our station they, there's like a little commercial for them on our on our station breaker they've they've really they've really done a lot with you know to support our station and so this is not native advertising we just <laughs> Just, this just oasis. happened to come up that way. <laughs> of the people, by the people, and hopefully for the people. Freedom, we had a show on Kapu back in the day when I was there called. Uh, I think that was uh, from my Malcolm X. Freedom is a constant struggle. They come up with something, we come up with something, they come up with something. But here we are being heard around the world on the internet saying, hey people, stand up. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Get with it. Get by it. We, we're, we're, we are the voice of. And you're part of it too. Is that right? Hopefully. And hopefully is yep. what life is about. Standing up for hopefully, the right Hopefully. 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 Howdy doozy. Well, that, well, that's really great. I really loved you. I made my day to hear um, Joy Cooking. I'd like to hear another one. Joy Cooking. That all that long struggle of mine. Thank you, Barbara, of getting me to out of my house, out of my funk, and getting me to People's Park. That was well worth it. When I heard uh, heard it from Joy Cooking. I'd love to hear another one if you have one. Yeah. Okay, let's hear another. All right, we'll play a little more from Joy of Cooking. Uh, and I, I, I'm dedicated to, the to all the people out there, getting together wherever they are. Here's it from the ground up, as she said. Get closer to the ground. Here we are. All right, we're going to figure out what's coming up next because I know I saw Ant come in, and so we're going to get her set up oh, to Ant. play. Okay. It is five ten. It's actually five eleven. So we're going to be, uh, you know, we've got another good half an hour or so of the show. So let's uh, let's keep things rolling here on the Common Thread Collective. Thank you. 
All right. And that was me accidentally turning the music off, but I caught it while I did it. There we go. Things are happening and coming together here on the Common Thread Collective as they as they do. And, uh, you know, we roll along and, and we uh, make things work and the things that don't work, well, we'll do something else. So that such is life, right? I'm Global Val. It's really nice to be here. And so it is about 5.20 and uh, we're very happy to welcome our friend Ant. Let's see if Dave out there is coming in here so we can get some quiet in the studio. We do have some sensitive microphones up there. So when a performance is happening, uh, chatting can be a bit of a distraction, not only to the performer, but to the listeners. So, Ant, welcome back to The Common Thread. Hello, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you here. Um, I kind of, this is a moment where I kind of wish we were not just on radio so that people could, could, uh, could ra- lay their eyes on you and, uh, <laughs> and your magnificence. You're uh, well, entertaining people. She takes me back for an era, and then she brings me right back. And so good to see you. What a special human being you are. Eh, Isabel? <laughs> well, but let's show the folks. She's becoming, I hope, a regular, a regular guest here, a regular member of our crew, of our collective, of our bunch of people. So, Anne, welcome. Hello. Hello. Hi. Um, so, I thought I would only do one this time because I'm feeling incredibly queasy and I couldn't sleep all night because of heartburn and pelvic pain. <laughs> so, I'm very, very zonked out. But I thought that I might sing a song which is called Everything Must Go, Academic Colon, an optimistic song of cosmic annihilation. Now, <laughs> first of all, the thing is, it, astronomers believe that in about five billion years, and, and I mean, I'm a humanities person, I haven't studied this, so I might be getting it wrong, but in about five billion years, the, the sun will expand and that will spell the ultimate doom of planet. Um, but, you know, even if we manage to escape then, you know, the, the, the universe will expand and either undergo heat death when all the fuel in all the stars, you know, gets used up, or if gravity is enough um, to pull things back together, it will collapse back on itself and undergo a big crunch, possibly followed by another big bang. Anyway, the point is, uh, so, um, you know, the, the astronomers aren't quite sure exactly what's going to happen, which is par for the course, you know, but it does appear that we're all pretty much doomed. And this is good because... Um, most of us will never be remembered, you know, we'll maybe try to be, to leave our mark for posterity and leave a legacy, but we won't manage. You know, we'll maybe write songs, nobody will hear them, we'll die, we'll take our name to the grave, and we'll be frightfully upset about that. And some people, you know, they, um, they pretty much ruin their lives in pursuit of that, in pursuit of being remembered, leaving a legacy. So they don't relax, they don't enjoy life. They just try to think of what will happen after they're dead. And most of them won't be famous, right? And so all of that sacrifice will be for nothing. So the reason why the fact that, the most probable fact that, you know, there will be zero audience um, is, is, um, is positive is that it's fine. Even if you don't manage to leave your mark, um, everything will be annihilated anyway. So just, 
you know, enjoy life. I mean, sure, you can try to leave a mark and help, you know, sentient beings and stuff. But even if, you, if you're nobody and you take your name to the grave, as I will, and as probably most of us will, it's, it's, it's fine, because we'll all be exactly as famous as Alexander the Great in the end, as, as in, we'll all be completely not famous. So just read a novel, write some silly songs, enjoy some asparagus, you'll be fine. So anyway, so here you go. <laughs> After that lengthy preamble, for which I apologize, I will try to sing this thing. Okay, right. Ah, uh, right, oh well. And they'll all be forgotten like you Since your friends won't last very long And the critics are food for the vermin Of the time you have left make a work of art Even though nobody will know
technology, right. that was beautiful. That was the heat death of the universe at the end, okay. by the way. <laughs> okay, well, I get it. And you know, there's something I want to say to you now. Thank you. We'll wrap it up. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. But what I say to you and everybody is a few weeks ago, maybe a month, we saw the first picture ever of a black hole. Is that right? Indeed. And that black hole looked like a black hole is what we would expect it to look like. That it may, maybe they're all going to be sucked in sucked in and reappear in another in another universe to start over. Who can tell? That's the black hole. I, I, I Sucking don't us have all in. <laughs> Dropping us off somewhere else. God knows where. Goddess knows where. Who knows where? But there's a black hole. And they say there's one in every, uh, every galaxy is a black hole. Isn't that right? At, at least in many, I'm not sure about all of them. Again, this is um, this is not my field, but I've I've read that at least it is thought that many galaxies have a supermassive black hole in, wow. the, in the center. And you saw it's the kind picture. Kind of worrisome, I suppose. I, if, I don't know. If you haven't, folks, Google it because it's exactly in all of its glory what a black hole looks like, isn't it? Uh, black, it black, 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 black with a. At least it's very far away. Like that's <laughs> that's kind of you know. Like, okay. Like, I'm always intrigued by, you know, how the space, you know, studies and stuff. I'm like, okay, that's just really far away. Something's really far away. <laughs> Millions of light years. And a, I got a light years is the do. time it takes for a light, to go, <laughs> a light to go for a year. Oh, my goodness. Well, gracious. Well, Val, all of you, thanks for coming down, sister. You're always welcome here. And you're taking on a good way. Something to think about, something to dream about, and something to realize. Thank, Thank you, you, sister. Thanks for coming back. As queasy as you might feel. Indeed. Thanks for coming in. And, and I apologize to the f physicists if, I, if I've got it slightly wrong. But, I mean, I think that they're still figuring it out themselves. There are various theories. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, thank you, Aunt. Well, tell uh, on a quick note, though, something that we can talk about that you can talk about, but I can't yet. Could you tell people about that instrument that you're playing again? Ah, right. So this is called a shamisen, which more or less means three strings, and it it's Japanese. And for those of you who can't see through the radio or through the computer, it's uh, it's got it's got three strings with three uh, obnoxiously massive tuning pegs, and it's got a square body and a long neck, and it's played with a plectrum, which looks like an ice scraper. It is the, um, among other things, the traditional instrument of the, the geisha, who are traditional inter inter entertainers who, uh, you know, in, in Japan, who play various forms of um, traditional music. Um, and, but, but they're not the only ones who play it, and it's derived from the sanxian, which is a Chinese instrument, which, which looks pretty similar, except uh, it's covered in snakeskin, and it's wow. also related to the sanxin, which is a smaller instrument in Okinawa, which also is covered in snakeskin and is sometimes confused with this one. So, yeah, this is what it is. And so I play Japanese folk songs um, in a group which performs for, um, you know, Japanese folk festivals. I, I played in the Cherry Blossom Festival last week and the week before, or last weekend and the weekend prior to that. And we were playing in other Japanese folk festivals. You know, so I play Japanese folk songs, but then being me, um, Somehow I was issued at birth with the urge to <laughs> produce weird songs, most of which are deeply inappropriate and are silly and, uh, and are sad or, or all of the above. Um, and so, yeah, um, I use it for its, its intended purpose. And then 
um, a purpose which is emphatically not intended, which is playing the kind of stuff I just perpetrated oh, it's so beautiful. <laughs> a few moments ago. Please, it's we so love beautiful. what you do, so we're happy that you're a part of the Common Thread Collective. Thank you very much. I'll try to be less queasy next time. Uh, well, we're with you. We're with you. We here. hope. We soon hope. to be seven months, seven, eight, nine, three months. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you definitely invite your crew, Japanese folk song down here. We'd love to put them on the, uh, put them on being heard around the, the uh, around the planet on the internet, including Japan. So tell them about that because we're always open. We're always you're always welcome. Anybody you bring by is welcome, and love is the answer until we get sucked into that great black hole and, and may reappear somewhere else. Who can tell? Indeed. Well, if if we do reappear somewhere else, then you know we we might have to worry then about being remembered by posterity, and we might have to put everything else on hold in in order to leave our mark instead of just enjoying asparagus and silly well, songs. But we'll, we'll I, I guess we'll sort that out. You know, we'll cross that c- cosmic bridge when we come to it. As they say that's in the UK, we'll sort it out. Indeed. And that's uh, uh, probably the we're going to dedicate that to. Not only that band Joy Cooking, not only you, but also the fact that we're going to, to quote you, we're going to be sorting it out. We'll Take it away, Val. Thanks, cr- for, thanks for listening, people. To be continued. Crossing that cosmic bridge when we come to it. That's There's been a lot of great lines put out there today on the common thread. Thank you, Ant. Um, so, yeah, it's April 26th, so our next live show and I want to invite you all is on Friday May 10th so we're going to have two shows in May on the 10th and the 24th um, yeah so it's uh, it's always great to be here at Mutiny Radio and we're really grateful for uh, this space and this opportunity and all of our people who support us um, both in-house and, and from the outside what's up Dave? And thanks for coming to Poems Under the Dome. That that was pretty successful, don't you think? It was. And and if you and, and, and there's yes, and, and there's a bunch of videos from both of them. If you go to the Facebook page for Poems Under the Dome, um, there's basically videos of, of most of the people who performed. And then Earth Day, we have we have a lot of uh, footage that we got, both people on stage or off and off stage to interviews. So we'll be rolling those out. Great information out there, ways to educate, ways to engage. Uh, check out the Sunrise Movement. They're going to have a town hall here at the Women's Building on May 23rd. We'll talk about that more um, next time we're here on May 10th. So uh, it is still National Poetry Month. So I'm going to read a poem I wrote just not that long ago. Life begins now. And now. And now again. Newness trickles in like light through the panes. A prism of possibility coloring the spinning moments, flashing facets, always a difference, but never an absence. This is the essence of magic. Wow. Weaving some tapestry here for sure. Thank you, Val. Weaving, some t- weaving a tapestry and casting a spell. Cast away sailors on a diamond hard sea. A mother's cry in the southern breeze. Dancing sideways down the ribbon of time. The path ahead lit by the echo behind. Thanks, uh, thanks everybody. To be continued. I'm going to go, ow. All right, Dave, cool. Um, I did write another poem just last night, so I'm going to read that one. I'm going to play some music, and we're going to say bye-bye until next time. This is called Breakthrough, and it is a garden poem. Green bean shoots burst through the dirt, leaving erupted mounds of ground to stand out in the flatbed that I painted 
packed, planted, and padded down, spaced out rows, watered, watched, and hoped. Can't be an impatient gardener waiting for the water to boil. Then those glorious days when a new plant breaks the soil and your heart leaps just as a sprout wants to breathe, green and pleased to unfold into the unknown, drawn out only by the need for light and the will to live. Well, literally and metaphorically, that's what life's about. Get a good book, bring a good book and hang out in the shade, and then let's try to get into books for prisoners. That's right. Thanks to bookstoprisoners.net, Representative Michelle Dillon. And you can also, if you're local, you can uh, check out the um, prison literature prisoners literature project in berkeley here in california um, but is these are these are national networks so books to prisoners.net tune in check out some of the books that they're that they're trying to collect um and uh and and let's let's get those words behind bars and uh set them free here's mission delirium happy friday everybody fuck yeah peace we love you
through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it did not go well but it wasn't the fault of the place they're very nice asiento For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF Visual and Auditory Mind Control brings you the best, coolest t-shirt and hoodie designs and mind-bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Yeah. 
Welcome. Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5. Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we... Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good special happy hour prices all night long with your mutiny radio comedy festival ticket march 1st through 5th check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com come take a seat i had a date there and it 